The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me She'll never thirst. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Two young fish were swimming along when they came across an older fish who nodded at them and said, Morning, boys. How's the water? The two then swam on for a bit until the one turned to the other and said, What's water? That's how the novelist and English professor David Foster Wallace began what has now become an iconic commencement address at Kenyon College. If memory serves me correctly, that address is on the reading list for the new faculty seminar just down the street at Wheaton College. Wallace's point, our default mode of operation does not entail awareness of or attention to what is real and essential. And we must give attention to the real and the essential, lest we be destroyed by false objects of our attention. You might say that it's essential for us human fish to be able to say this is water. 
When the ancient Hebrews said bread, they weren't talking about a side or the top and bottom of a sandwich. Bread was their way of referring to food in general. So it referred to what was essential for life. There was no doing without bread. So when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he's saying something like, I'm the key to life. Jesus is claiming to be utterly basic to and essential for life. And bread, well, that probably commanded the attention of Jesus' audience, maybe in a way that it doesn't command ours. They, unlike most of us, knew something about hunger that had to wait more than an hour or two. What might Jesus say to get our attention? What's ultimate everywhere, a basic thing that he might pick in order to say, I'm what's essential. I'm the money of life. I am the image for life. What are you seeking? Where do your attentions lie? Jesus wants your attention. He wants it with the big and the broad, with the fundamental, the essential. And like Wallace, Jesus, of course, knows that the non-essential vies for our attention and for our desire. You are looking for me, Jesus said to the crowd, because you ate of the loaves and were satisfied. Really, they're not seeking anything more than they already knew. And if they were going to have anything more on this particular day than they had had on the day before, even that must come on their terms. It must accord with the previous experience of their people. The previous day, Jesus had multiplied the mundane bread of a packed lunch. And today, they allow he would be welcome to give bread from heaven, as Moses ostensibly did. And if Jesus does that work, well, they might reciprocate, do some God-pleasing work in return in relation to Jesus. But this sort of tit-for-tat perspective that would trade with God and trade with Jesus is far too restrictive for him. Three times Jesus indicates the utter givenness of the bread of God and the givenness of faith this divinely created stance of receptivity that receives gifts as gifts. Listen to this. The food that endures to eternal life, the Son of Man will give you. That, you believe, is the work of God. He gave them bread from heaven. My Father is giving you the true bread from heaven. 
it is essential for us to be able to say, this is gift. Faith is the utterly broad perspective that attends to the essential givenness of life. And we can't just get to that perspective. Rather, God works it in us, with us. And then to that faith, God gives living bread as gift. Jesus is that bread. He is the bread of life. And he is that bread for you in three basic ways that exceed the narrowness of our misplaced attentions. As word, as supper, and as significance. When the manna was first given in the wilderness, the ancient Israelites asked, What is it? Exodus 16:15, the end of the reading. And one way of translating Moses' response in the next verse, 16, verse 16, is, This is the word the Lord has directed. And later in a passage that Jesus would eventually quote to the devil, Moses summarized this wondrous food, saying, He fed you with manna, that you might know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Remember, it's John who's telling this story, and John's whole story begins with him saying, The Son of God, the Word of God, became flesh. Jesus, as Word, is your bread of life, your bread for life. The Word of God is essential. And by that word, God means to captivate your attention. But it doesn't end there, no. The psalmist could say about the manna something like this. We had it in the antiphon. He rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate the bread of angels. And subsequent to the psalmist talking about the Holy Supper, St. Paul said to the Corinthians that this manna was Christ himself. He said of the ancient Israelites, all ate the same spiritual food, which, like the rock that gave them water in the wilderness, was Christ. Jesus, as Holy Supper, is your bread for life, your manna. And the supper is essential because God means to touch you and to captivate your desire. You see, it's not as though the Word of God is like bread and therefore important, or that the Holy Supper is like bread and therefore valuable. It's that Jesus himself is what is essential to life, and he gives himself to be heard and to be eaten. And faith, which hears Christ and eats Christ, then embraces all that is given in life as pointing to Jesus. Faith 
keeps us from having significance all turned around. Jesus tells this group, which had experienced the feeding of the 5,000, that they had eaten, but they had not seen or attended to the sign present with that bread. You see, it's not that Jesus was good for five loaves or 12 baskets of bread, but that the bread was good for, the bread pointed to Jesus. Just like at the wedding in Cana, of which John tells us, it's not that Jesus was good for some wine. It's that water and wine had pointed to Jesus. Because when Jesus is ultimate, when Jesus is essential, and he is, then you can say of him, this is bread, he is life. And when that happens, then every non-sinful aspect of your life and your experience takes on a new quality. It points to him. And like a sign, it becomes meaningful and significant. And in this way, Jesus allows you to receive all of life, which he calls daily bread, with thanksgiving. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.